Hey guys, Alexa Curtis here, and you're listening to This Is Life Unfiltered, my weekly podcast on social media, getting out of your comfort zone, and living life unfiltered. I've been wanting to focus on a few different topics that I feel like I lightly have been touching on over the past year, but haven't necessarily dived right into. And obviously, as many of you head back to school, it's incredibly crucial that things like body image and bullying and mental health are spoken about. So today I've got the founders of Your Teen Mag on the podcast. Stephanie Silverman and Susan Borison started a magazine that's an incredible platform that I'm a huge fan of. And the reason they started Your Teen is because they saw that their own parenting concerns and fears were resonating with everyone that they were talking to. So they both have teenagers and they've decided to create this really successful platform to address a lot of these concerns. So before I get into this episode, make sure you follow This Is Life Unfiltered on social media at at T-I-L-U podcast. And you can also follow Your Teen Mag on social media at at Your Teen Mag. So Susan and Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today. Thanks for having us. Well, let's start. I, you know, I'm curious, obviously, about how you both started your entrepreneurial journey, but I feel like there's some deeper topics I want to address here first while we have listeners engaged. So you both have teenagers. As parents, what have you found your teens have struggled with that have been maybe the most significant struggles they've dealt with? Well, we talk mostly from the perspective of parents. So I'll tell you some of our biggest struggles as parents um, in response to what our kids are dealing with in both typical and not typical ways as teenagers. One of the biggest ones uh, looms over our heads, whether we want it to or not. It's this college conversation. Um, And it starts, I think it was like this even when I was a kid, which is like dinosaur age and probably when you were a kid also, that freshman year of high school, someone says to you, you better buckle down. It really counts. And it puts this tremendous pressure on our kids to look at high school as the actual next experience, like college is the real thing you're striving for. And it eliminates four years of high school as a possible experience of growth and enjoyment and and just uh, going in day to day and getting out of it what you can without this looming college experience. So that's one of the biggest struggles that we hear from parents and that I know for myself as well, I have five kids. So by the time I just sent off my youngest, I I didn't have the same emotional attachment to where he went to college, but I certainly did with my oldest few. Um, And that, that need for them to kind of excel at everything and do everything and take every opportunity so that their resume would get them into the the right college for them uh, just creates so much stress for our kids. And as parents yourself, if your child or any parent who might even be listening, if somebody is struggling with something at any age and comes to you as a parent, say they're dealing with bullying or body image, a lot of parents don't necessarily know how to address these topics. So they'll immediately just try and call in a therapist. But what as a parent can you do to talk to your kid about these struggles instead of just having them completely ignored? Well, I think I think you hit the nail on the head is that It's just having the conversation with those kids. So I think creating an environment where you can have um, a real conversation. And I think that's really hard. I I remember years ago, we would laugh when someone, an expert would say to us like, oh, well, just have a conversation with your kid. And we would say, well, 
you both have to be talking to have a conversation. Um, and just learning as a parent, you know, how to be there for them. Um, and I think that's, what's really important. It's a busy world. And I think that, um, that often gets lost, you know, kids just want to be heard. So there's a, there's a lot parents can do. And that's just by, by being present, frankly. Why is, oh, keep going. Sure. So someone asked my husband a question that he was then supposed to ask me, which was her kid went to a sports camp this summer, like a high school intense experience and came back and said he wants to quit the sport. So that's such a loaded conversation because as parents, we're so invested in what our kids are doing, not just for them, but like it creates a whole experience for us. My kid played football in high school and we had a whole family that we saw every Friday night at a football game that if my kid wanted to quit, I would lose also. So um, there's really the, the, I don't know the woman, I'm not a psychologist, but what I said to my husband to tell her is, why don't you ask her, the, the kid why they want to quit? Because that's the very first question. You know, you come up with like this whole idea that we have to have the answers as parents, but in fact, our kids know themselves best. And so when we can approach it from the perspective of, tell me, tell me why you're feeling this way. Tell me why you want to do this. It, it, it puts us in a position to really have an adult conversation with them. And we're going to hear things that we didn't anticipate hearing. Like there might be a real story underneath there. Like I hated it. Or, you know, I'm, I'm physically not capable of playing the sport to the level I want to. Whatever it is, you're guessing those answers and you might as well ask them. Why do you think that so many parents are so afraid to confront many of these topics head on. A lot of times you see kids who aren't necessarily from wealthy families or are from, you know, middle-class families and their families are more inclined to talk directly about these topics than say kids who are maybe from wealthier families. And a lot of times kids who are coming from, from wealthier families are uh, less inclined to be more comfortable talking about these topics. So that's what I've read through research. I mean, why do you think that is? And also why do you think in general, so many kids, parents don't want to address these topics head on? I guess I think a lot of it has to do with social media. I think a lot of it has to do with the world looks very perfect. And, you know, parents are very reluctant to share that. You know, all you have to do is scroll through Instagram or Facebook and everything looks great. And if you know, well, frankly, everyone's backstory is messy. Um, but, you know, it's very easy to look at those and be like, okay, wait, I know that's not what really is, what, what's really going on there. But I think, yeah, parents have a, a real sense of um, if I share this or if I share any of those imperfections, um, I, I'm, I think they just, we as parents don't want to make ourselves vulnerable like that. You know, it's frankly part of, you know, a big reason why we started doing what we do because it is so isolating and the world has become, uh, I would say less tolerant. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's really, um, just, a, a real risk putting that information out there. And I think when it comes to talking to our kids, um, there's a, I, I dealt with this a lot in my house thinking that there was a white, right, a right way to approach something. And wanting to know what that right way was so they didn't get it wrong. And I think that parenting is the most forgiving profession. And so you just, you're going to get it wrong more than you're going to get it right. And you have a lot of room to sit down with your kid and, and say, I think I got that wrong. Let's try again. But the, the sense that there's a right way is, I think it's paralyzing. 
If you are a teenager from a parent's perspective and you go to your mom or your dad and you say, mom, I'm being bullied or mom, I have an eating disorder. And you feel like your parent doesn't in any capacity address that at all. And just says, Oh honey, you're fine. I remember when I was growing up and I would tell my, I told my mom I had an eating disorder and she was like, she said that, Oh honey, you're fine. Ignore it. I wish I had handled it in a different way. So what advice do you have for somebody young who's listening and that's how their parent has handled something like that? What advice do we have for the teen? Yeah. What advice do you have for the teen? Yeah, I guess I would say, well, I, two things come to mind is I would tell the teen to find, a, you know, either a, a counselor at school or maybe even an, a, you know, someone, an adult they can trust that can help them find some additional help. So I guess that would be my my first go-to, um, and I guess I would encourage that teen to maybe try again, which is probably really hard to do. I don't know if it's a fair thing to say. I'm trying to put myself back in those shoes of being, you know, 14 or 15 year old. And would I, um, if I had been rebuffed or just not taken seriously, I don't know if I would do that. So I think I would encourage them to find a trusted adult, maybe an aunt, an uncle, um, you know, someone, maybe some, a teacher they're close to. Also, it depends so much on the relationship that you have with your parents, because if your mom said to you, you're fine, and you have a very warm, easy relationship with her, then you can go back to her and say, I know that you feel like I'm fine, but I know something's wrong. And that that's really hard for an adult to ignore if you can go back a, a second time or even a third time. But, you know, you don't always have that relationship with your parents. So it kind of is a case by case. When you both started the magazine, as entrepreneurs who also have families, what were some of your biggest struggles? I, I for me, I would say it's just um, try. I think some of the things in my gut weren't didn't match maybe what was going on in the outside world. You know, like I, I think it's really hard. I think it's really hard. You know, we said this earlier. You know what what it looks like outside and. Um, what's really going on, you know, kind of below the surface. Um, you know, every, every family is so different. And I think you have to really um, decide what your, what your family's compass is and, and really stick to that. My, my issue when I started to kind of think about whether there was room for something like a magazine for parents of teenagers, the impetus was that I felt like I was... I lost my, my posse and my posse meant a lot to me when I was raising my kids. But as our kids get older, there's so many reasons why we stop sharing about them. One being that it feels a little bit of a betrayal to our kids and the other that we're pretty judgmental about each other's kids and parenting. And so where do you get the resources that we have when our kids are younger to be able to tell somebody, this is what's happening in my life. And I have no idea if it's normal or I should be calling 911. And so it was this, like, how do you create a new play group for parents of teenagers where you can share those same stories that you did when your kids were younger, judgment-free, um, and get the support you need to, to be the best parent you can be? How do you overcome any type of judgment if you're a parent and you feel like your child is performing poorly in school, dating the wrong person? What do you say to your child? I think those are two different questions. So how do you overcome the judgment? I feel like 
you kind of don't, <laughs> and you just have to find find your people. Um, and then the second part of that is, you know, what do you say to your kid? And again, I guess that comes down to the relationship with your kid, and then the values that you have as as a family. And I think that's the piece that that's really hard. You know, that's self defined, and that's not what your neighbors, your friends, your siblings, um, and trying to bring those back to everything you guys do as a, that we do as families. And that, that's not easy. I think those are the things we find our way through that we keep, you know, you keep looking back as a family and realizing what those are. Maybe that's only in retrospect. I don't know. Any piece of advice for dads specifically? I mean, I know a lot of moms are the ones that kind of the, if the mom is in the picture that the daughter or son will go to about these topics, but a lot of dads also shy away from, you know, not feeling necessarily comfortable talking about things like sex or body image. How do you advise dads who you speak to or have come across on the website who might be looking for some help? So one of the things is that we saw a shift when we would hold local events that all of a sudden uh, both, if there were two parents, they were both coming to our events. Um, and so we saw that shift many years ago. I would say that one experience I had was sitting at a ball game and someone sitting next to me who um, thought she recognized me from the magazine. And when we started talking, she turned to her husband and said, that's the person who does the magazine that I make you read. So there is this, like the mom, yes, is still frequently the one kind of in charge of the kids, but the dads are deeply engaged now in a way that our parents weren't. And I'm not a hundred percent sure that the dads aren't having those conversations too, and that the kids aren't grateful to have, if, if there's co-parenting going on, that they're grateful to have. Sometimes one parent is a better parent to have that conversation with. And sometimes the other parent is easier to talk to about a certain topic. So if you're not already doing it, I would say that the dads should jump in and the moms should make space for them. That's great advice. Any last words for teens or parents who might be listening and are not knowing how to also tackle something like social media? Yeah, I think so two things. One is, um, just keep, keep the lines open with your kid, find ways to talk to them. And, you know, teens are often (laughs) by definition, very resistant. And so find those times, whether it's in the car, whether it's late at night, I had a friend who used to talk to her kids in the dark when the lights were off. That's when her son felt most comfortable talking, um, which I love. It's such a, it's so sweet. Um, and it's okay. And I think, you know, as far as social media, it's, you know, I remember one of, we did a, I think it was a webinar. I can't remember if it was a live event or a webinar. And I remember one of the experts talking about how you, you have the experts sitting at your table. So, you know, the kids are so savvy and so engage them on those topics. Oh, so, you know, tell me more about your Instagram or how you use that or what's a Finsta or why would you put something, why would you Snapchat instead of Instagram, you know, using them, connecting them with them on a, um, on the platforms where, you know, they, they know best. And it's a great way to open a conversation. And I would say that the the hardest thing I found in parenting was that I was handed a baby in the delivery room where the the idea was to take this unformed piece of clay and mold it into something magnificent. 
Um, and I felt that responsibility, and I think most parents do. At some point in adolescence, in early adolescence, we are not playing that same role anymore. And our kids are going to be drivers of their own lives. And so it's a really big, big shift for a parent, me in particular, to be able to move out of that kind of I'm molding you to I'm suggesting. I'm here to scaffold what doesn't go well for you. Uh, and that's that's something that people don't really talk about. I think today people talk about parenting in a way they didn't used to. But that transition from like this heavy hands-on parenting to this more side-by-side, but I'm here to catch you if you have a problem, that's, that's a really important shift in my family's lives. I love that you say that because it's focusing on the fact that you shouldn't be a helicopter parent, but you should be actively involved and aware of these topics. Do you think that parents should be going to PTA meetings and bringing up these discussions more than potentially they already are? No, I think parents, I mean, listen, it's always, you know, this is a generation that is very involved. And I, I think the key is, um, you know, finding that balance and that's hard. And again, it's going to be different for every family, but, you know, of course, to stay as involved as you can be and in a supportive role so that, you know, I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago and it was a gentleman who, a dad who had, um, two families, you know, had his first couple kids and then got divorced, remarried and had younger kids. And he said his first set of kids, he thought, wow, I've got to shape them into this and I have to do that. And I, you know, this whole laundry list of things he had to do as a parent. And he said with his second, um, family, if you will, that he, he realized he just had to love them. And I thought it was so beautiful. It was so simple. And I thought, wow, that goes a long way. And the other thing I would say is that we're, none of this is about being uninvolved. So the, whether you should go to PTA meetings, that's, that's on you, whether that's a place you want to be involved But the opposite of helicopter parenting is not not being involved. It's just finding a healthier balance where we're letting our kids experience the the failures, not the huge ones, but the like I forgot my homework at home or my lunch at home and that we can live with the discomfort of them having the experience of forgetting it and being knowing that the right thing is to let the day go on and that there's a chance they're going to learn from that and not do it again tomorrow. So it, you know, it's, it's, it's not formulaic. We all wish there were like a parenting Bible and we could just find all the rules for it, but we do have to find a better balance than this rolling out the bubble wrap to make sure there's never any kind of pain for our kids and not letting them end up addicted because we, we understood the message to be, be hands off. So we're, we're, those are two extreme stories And we got to figure out for each of us what that balance looks like in the middle. What is the first step to creating that healthy kind of boundary? So it's different for every family. Um, In in my family, I got much better at it with each kid because I had, you know, I I have five kids. I always say if I had a sixth, I'd be such a good mother. Um, But that's not happening at this point in life. <laughs> Where's the dog? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I, I got a dog instead. Um, but the the balance is a. It's not static. It's a constant shifting of whatever age your kid is at, whatever they're experiencing, and and there is this kind of guideline. Like if your kid could do it themselves, let your kid do it. If your kid can almost do it themselves, 
encourage them to do it. And if your kid can't do it, then help them. Great advice. Well, where can everyone listening find more information about both of you and get more insight from the magazine? Uh, Yourteenmag.com. Thank you both so much for taking the time. And I know I mentioned on social media earlier, but can you again tell us where we can find your teen on social media as well? Because you also have great stuff that you post on the social media pages. Yeah, we do. But um, let me just give a plug for our new podcast Mm. because we're having a blast with it (laughs) and we're getting great guests and giving great advice. And that is Stitcher and... Um, iTunes yep. and um, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah. So there's and a million it's, places. It's called Apple. Your Teen with Sue and Steph. Um, and we, we put out an episode every other week on Tuesday morning, typically. And then we are on Facebook and we're on Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter. And you can get all of the great advice in any of those spaces. Amazing. Well, looking forward to seeing more about your podcast too. And make sure you guys are following your teen on social media, as well as going through the website to find anything that you may have concerns about. They focus on so many different topics that are great for both parents and kids. I know many of you shy away from talking to your parents or have a difficult time finding that one kind of safe person. And so if you're looking to just get some of your questions answered, you will get them all on your teen mag. So Stephanie, Susan, thank you again so much. Make sure to follow This Is Life on social media at at T-I-L-U podcast, as well as my social media at Alexa underscore Curtis. And I'll see you guys back next week for a new episode of This Is Life Unfiltered. 